Well, aren't you resourceful? Come with me. No, I don't think so. Remove this woman, please. Permanently. Are you okay? I don't know. Welcome to the Mad Dad Movie Review, a podcast full of first-time movie reviews starring Mads and her dad. Hi, Mad. And I'm her dad, and this is Mad Dad Movie Review. How goes it, kids and heroes, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Mad Dad Movie Review, where today we're going to be doing a special kind of different episode that we normally don't do we're going to be covering a film that just came out um literally yesterday we're going to be doing a special non-spoiler review of the new wonder woman film that is uh currently on hbo max and also available in theaters if you are in a city where theater going experiences are still a thing so um that being said, uh, let's just go into it. Uh, we just got done watching the film, and uh, now we're going to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman, 1984. Let's do this. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today, but you can save the world. Steve. Now, I take what I want in return. Everyone will see. born from lies and greatness is not what you think it's all art 
That's just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, before we get into this, I want to let everyone know that they can check out previous episodes of the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Overcast, Podbean, Breaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can check us out on Facebook.com at Mad Dad Movie Review, Instagram.com at Mad Dad Movie Review, YouTube.com at Mad Dad Movie Review. And finally, Twitter.com at MadDadMoviePod. And of course, if you guys have any questions, comments, or requests, always email them to MadDadMoviereview at gmail.com. All right, nitty gritty. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. All right, so Wonder Woman 1984 was released yesterday, December 25th, 2020 from Warner Brothers Pictures. It had a budget of $200 million and... Well, that's all I have for you guys right now because the movie just came out yesterday. Now, speaking of, let's talk about this COVID situation involving the release of this film because I don't know if you know this, Mads, but the movie but the movie was originally scheduled to be released uh, last Christmas time. And then what happened was it got delayed to... This past June, well, of course, what happened when the year started? Well, this little-known virus hit and pretty much wiped existence as you know it for now. And, uh, yeah, so this movie got delayed two months initially to August before they pushed it back to Christmas. And then last I checked, they were going to do another announcement with the film coming out next year. But instead, they dropped this bombshell on us with the whole simultaneous release with HBO Max. And now, because of the situation and because they want to get this movie out to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, and not keep on delaying it, uh, they've rolled the film out. With when HBO Max, which is also, I believe it's co-owned by Warner Brothers. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. Um. So yeah, it 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 garnished a simultaneous release, uh, theater in HBO Max, and now because of that, we're able to watch it from the comfort of our own homes. So, we just did that. And now we are going to share our thoughts with you guys. Um, it was directed by Patty Jenkins, produced by Deborah and Zack Snyder, Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins, Charles Roven, and Stephen Jones. Written for the screen by Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and David Callahan. Edited by Richard Pearson, music by Hans Zimmer, and cinematography by Matthew Jensen. Starring Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, also known as Diane Prince. Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva, otherwise known as The Cheetah. Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. Robin Wright as Antiope. And Connie Nielsen as Hippolyta. (laughs) 
hop. Hip hop. Part of me doesn't want to edit this out. a red foreman from that 70s show <laughs> when when they smoke the weed and he's he keeps on thinking hip <laughs> he keeps on saying hip because the hippity hop pities stomach hurts so bad right now because I'm laughing so hard. She's only in one scene anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <Ooh. laughs> Alright. Let's go to the critics So Wonder Woman 1984 currently has a Rotten Tomato score of 68% from 257 reviews. It has a Metascore of 59 from 55 reviews and a Letterboxd score of 3.2 out of 5. IndieWire gave the film a B and wrote Wonder Woman 1984 is all about playing with magic and wishes and desires only to see them lead to horrible ramifications, instant gratification, and the revelation that lying is never without consequence. Those are some big swings, and not every single one lands, but the ones that do are both joyous and genuinely worth pondering. Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film 3.5 out of 4 stars, saying that this is a throwback piece of pure pop entertainment. The rap said, even if the notion of wishes, making them, and then takes these backsies, isn't quite a cinematic enough concept to support Wonder Woman's final face-off with Lord, Wonder Woman 1984 still brings a freshness and a wit that's often lacking in these gargantuan costume hero sagas. Writing for The Guardian, Peter Bradshaw gave the film 3 out of 5 stars and stated, Godot is terrifically imposing while Kristen Wiig is the steen-stealing antagonist in Patty Jenkins' epically brash sequel. Alright, it all began when 
talking about the origins now. So the director of the first film, Patty Jenkins, who initially signed for only one film, had expressed interest in returning to direct the sequel. In June 2017, during an interview of Variety magazine, comic book writer Jeff Johns revealed that he and Jenkins had started working on the treatment for a Wonder Woman sequel and that he had a cool idea for the second one. While speaking in a Q&A at a Women in Film screening of the film, Jenkins stated that she would indeed direct the sequel. She later clarified that it wasn't a confirmation, just talking about hopes and ideas. On July 22, 2017, at the San Diego Comic-Con, the studio officially announced the sequel would be produced, with Jenkins returning as the director. Its title was listed as Wonder Woman 2. In September 2017, it was officially confirmed that she would be directing the sequel, and that also David Callahan would be joining the film to co-write the script with her and John's. Alright guys, so we had technical issues. Um went back to do the editing part of the podcast and realized that Madeline's audio was really messed up and uh, pretty unsavable in moments. And rather than me spending my Christmas night staying up all night chopping edits and doing stuff like that, like just I'll just re-record my part of the review because... Mads really didn't have a whole lot to say to begin with. Um, figured I would just re-record. So, Wonder Woman, 84. Um, yeah, this movie has good moments and bad moments. It has moments that work for it. It has moments that don't work for it. Um, without diving into spoiler territory, um... Let me just give you a bit of a rundown on my thoughts on this movie. The opening sequence is really fun. The flashback sequence, I mean, it's not really a spoiler because HBO's already went and released the first 10 minutes anyway for everybody for free. So um, if you haven't seen that, go check it out now. It's a really fun sequence setting up the movie. Um, Kristen Wiig, amazing. I mean, I'm personally a fan. I mean, admittedly, this is kind of biased, but oh well. Um, she's just such a really good, diverse actress. Um, and just her method, her style, what she brings to this role, it works. I like what she does here in this um, quirky character who slowly transcends into this villainous character with power power is a big uh theme of this movie um so yeah i'm a big fan of hers in this movie for sure as far as everybody else um pedro pascal as maxwell lord his role irritated me more than anyone else's in this movie and it's kind of hard to explain why without touching spoilers you know but i will do my best to explain without having to spoil anything um he's kind of pointless his 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 character is um i mean yeah he is the central villain of this movie but i i i don't know guys um you know what 
30-second spoiler alert. If you don't want to know spoilers for the movie, skip ahead 30 seconds, okay? Here we go. Pedro Pascal's character, Maxwell Lord, in this movie is more or less a genie. He's a freaking genie whose character is all about power and he's hungry for it all. But then in the end, it just, it's redundant. It's for nothing. It's literally for nothing. He just backtracks on everything. He just negates on everything in the end. And it's so frustrating. Okay. Back to no spoilers. Chris Pine, if you like the Steve character from the first movie, it's pretty much the same here. He's fine. I had no problems with him. Um, Gal Gadot, she is incredible. If, if In my opinion, she was born to play Wonder Woman. Uh, there is, she has not been in a DC film yet that has let me down as the character. So... So far, so good for her. Um, other than that, everyone else, Connie Nielsen, Robin Wright, they're literally in the opening flashback sequence, and that's it. And the, the movie's two and a half hours long. Um, there are a bunch of big set pieces, a bunch of sequences that uh, keep you into the story throughout. There is a desert sequence about midway through, which to me is the standout moment of the movie. I just wish that everything else that happens after this sequence, that the film, that the script builds on, I just wish it went somewhere and did more. Because in the end, I was really let down by this film's ending. Um, very underwhelming tell you that right now very underwhelming ending other than that the visuals the cinematography in this movie is so bright and colorful the visuals are just gorgeous um if you're watching this at home when hbo max this is the first release in 4k hdr 10 plus and let me tell you even with everything because it's streaming you're not going to get the full quality that it's advertised as but it still looks damn awesome and we watched this christmas night at around 10 30 when here on the east coast and for my money it looked amazing so no problems there um it's a popcorn movie you got to remember that this is such a popcorn movie and a half. It's a lot of fun, but... And then another thing, it takes place in 1984. So this is another 80s movie. And I know 80s are... It's all the rage. It really has been for the last 10 to 15 years now. 80s is everything, apparently, in Hollywood. And they still can't get enough of it. Um... Did this movie need to take place in 1984? No, it did not. This could have been the same film in the 90s. This could have been the same film in the 60s or 70s. This movie, I mean, I understand why it took place in the 80s because of the whole 
infomercial thing, and that's kind of like what the lead villain he does, Maxwell. His character is kind of like down that rabbit hole of uh, just consumerism. And so, yeah. And speaking of the 80s, there's just, there are moments where there's just too much of it. I mean, there's seriously a freaking cliche clothing style sequence with Chris Pine's character just a big montage of just different styles of, of clothing set to an 80s song. And it's like, God damn it. Really? <laughs> um, the soundtracks please. Uh, the soundtrack's awesome. Um, the majority of the music in this movie is yes, it's Hans Zimmer's score, which is great, but there are some scenes with, you know, I noticed some Duran Duran in one scene, you know, it, 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 I like it. Even though I'm, done with the 80s as far as like in film and and tv as far as you know as much as i'm done with it i'm still a big fan i'm still a sucker for the music so uh yeah um and then there's moments where it feels like the 80s doesn't rely on the novelty so take that for what it's worth um because again i watched this movie for my first time and just wrote notes as I watched. So there was a couple 80s notes and I figured I'd touch base on them. Um, the, the big desert action sequence, it's a visual effects spectacle. A ton of fun. Um, and it's, cleverly enough, it's it's put in there and it's intentionally put halfway through the movie to keep you engaged. And good on that because it works. There are things about it that do work. But as I keep stressing, it goes to underwhelming places in the end you follow me still does that make sense um i did not like how this film went down i had a huge problem with the third act of this movie i just it was building up to something that was that i thought was going to be so great i was like man they're really doing it. This is going to be an awesome DC Warner Brothers film. It's not going to let me down. Here we go. You guys are on a roll. Birds of Prey, Joker, you know, good stuff. Here we go. But then the final act happens, and I'm like, really, you guys? Damn, you did it. You did it. You did it. Mm. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I really am. But I'm going to save that for after I'm done with this so I can kind of do a spoiler section um, for those of you who are listening who actually have watched the movie so far and you're not just uh, listening to get a random opinion and by the way if you happen to stumble upon this podcast by searching for Wonder Woman 84 reviews and this is your first time here welcome we hope you come back so um I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. So my unbiased MVP pick for this movie goes to Kristen Wiig. Surprise, surprise. Like I told you, I am biased. But she's awesome here. She really is. Kristen Wiig is by far and away my favorite character of this movie. My Be Kind Rewind most rewatchable moment goes to the desert highway action sequence. It's just a ton of fun. Um... It's a lot going on. Uh, it's it's 
cleverly put in the middle of the movie for good reason. Like I said, just to engage you and keep it going. Keep you going with the plot. Um, so yeah, star power. Okay, uh, before I go into mine, I'm going to give you guys Madeline's because like I said, she did record some things, but I could not save some of the audio. Uh, she gave this a four-star final rating. She really liked this movie a lot. Um, she did have some things to say that were kind of on par with what I had to say in terms of um, just build up going to places where you were just let down. Kind of like what I was saying. Um, she had similar feelings. So in the end, she gave it four stars. Me... I'm a little more harsh, and I'm leaning more towards three in the middle here. Um, three out of five, that's my final rating. Um, like I said, it. there are moments where it doesn't rely on the 80s, but then there's moments where it does. Uh, overall, the, the picture and sound is just top-notch. Um, no complaints as far as that's concerned. Um, but yeah. There, there's just the end. Let, let's talk about it. Let me dive into it right now. For the next two minutes, this is my spoiler section. You've been warned. Cut to two minutes from now in three, two, one. Okay, so. In the end, everyone just negates on their wishes. And since um, Pedro Pascal's character of Maxwell Lord, since he pretty much is the genie bottle, because that's the thing. The MacGuffin in this movie, essentially they do away with it and they make it him. He becomes the genie and, and the lamp all at the same time. And so he just wants more power, more wishes, more power for him. In the end, he gets pretty much everyone through a satellite broadcast to make wishes all together concurrently. But enter Wonder Woman, and she pretty much just has a heart-to-heart with him, and she brings the son into it, and then all that is just for nothing. He just negates on his wish, as well as everyone else, and... It's like, really? This movie for two and a half hours was for nothing, essentially. This movie did not need to happen. It didn't. This movie did not need to happen. Probably the most pointless movie of the year. Looks incredible. Dug the first hour and a half of the movie. The first hour and a half, 90 minutes, great stuff. But then that last act comes around and fucks it all up. Ah. <sighs> And spoilers. All right. So before we get out of here, I'll let you guys know you can check out previous episodes of the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Overcast, Piedbean, Breaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. Check us out on Facebook.com at MadDadMovieReview, Instagram.com at MadDadMovieReview, YouTube.com at MadDadMovieReview, and finally Twitter.com at MadDadMoviePod. And you can email any questions, comments, or requests to MadDadMovieReview at gmail.com. And if you guys are able to, please 
leave us a perfect five-star rating or like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. It helps with the algorithm. And believe it or not, it really helps the show out. So if you can like us, leave us a review, all that jazz, go for it. Go wild. Please, don't hold back. Uh, the next time we come back will be on Tuesday. Tuesday, it was originally supposed to be Home Alone, but I can confirm now, unfortunately, it will be just me, and it will be another Mad Dad solo review episode. I do not know what I'm going to be talking about yet, but there will be an episode Tuesday morning, and I'm going to surprise you guys with it. So come on back Tuesday morning for a surprise edition of the show, where it's just me talking about my movie, where it's just me talking about a movie of my selection. So, yeah. All right. Well, guys, until next time, if you guys take care of one another, stay safe, mask up, don't be stupid. All right, guys, take care.